Welcome to another special installment of The Dispatches, powered by Righteous Media, the same people who bring you angry Americans. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. It's official. Joe Biden is now the 46th president of the United States. We have a new president. We also have a new commander-in-chief. Trump no longer has access to our nukes. Finally, thank God. But it's been an incredible, historic, emotional week. Inauguration went off, thankfully, without a single attack or violent incident. People all around the world and all around the country have been moved, inspired, united, and committed to the future. But millions are still holding out. Thousands are still fighting. And maybe more may still be willing to fight. It's a new day in America, and people have hope, inspiration, a purpose. But many people are digging in, and the coronavirus continues to kill 4,000 Americans a day. It's a time to celebrate, but it's also a time of reflection and a time that will require vigilance and fortitude. But it was an incredible inauguration. One that showed the full tapestry and diversity of this great country. Trump flew off into the distance, and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris united with all the former living presidents to try to bring the country together. Biden delivered important, sobering, straightforward, unifying remarks from the Capitol. And Kamala Harris became the first person of color and the first woman elected vice president of the United States. It was all different than we've ever seen before, but it had magical moments. Amanda Gorman was introduced to the world, the 22-year-old poet laureate who captivated everyone with her powerful and inspiring words. Lady Gaga delivered what I think was the most powerful performance of the national anthem I've ever seen. Even better than Whitney Houston in 1991 at the Super Bowl and the start of the Gulf War. It was incredible. And our National Guard, our Secret Service, our Department of Defense, our police forces around D.C. and around the country kept inauguration, our elected leaders, and all of us safe. And the Bidens took time to visit Arlington, Arlington National Cemetery, which was personal for them. I've been with them at events, and I've seen it up close. They understand our sacrifices and our pain as veterans and service members because they felt it themselves. It means more to me as a veteran and as an American than I can ever fully explain. And we saw a fantastic version of a parade, a parade across America done entirely over Zoom and digitally. And it was so much more interesting than a standard inauguration parade. An amazing display of beauty, talent, diversity, history, and spirit of America. From Andra Day singing, to cloggers in North Carolina, to Native American veterans, to marching bands in Colorado. It was amazing. And I hope the whole world saw it. Biden moved into the Oval Office, issued a series of executive orders, and the Democrats formally took control of the Senate. It's a new day. And at night... America got to show off some of the best of what we're all about. From Tom Hanks narrating to the Black Pumas, a band if you don't know about before, you know about now. 
to the Foo Fighters, to Bruce Springsteen, to a fireworks finale by Katy Perry as the newly elected president and first lady stood and looked out over a country that for a moment felt good. So Joe Biden is now our president. It is official and a new chapter begins. But we're still a country at war, still at war with domestic terrorists, still at war with the coronavirus, still at war with a racist legacy, and we'll still be at war with violent extremists. We'll still be at war with white nationalists. We'll still be at war with the now former president of the United States. As we go deeper into the winter of 2021, America is still at war with ourselves. And as we process all of it, I'm going to continue to bring you dispatches like this to help you break it down, to provide you some light to contrast the heat, to give you some perspective. And if you're new here, The Dispatches is a quick hit series of breaking news podcasts hosted by me that gives you information and analysis and perspective you need to protect and empower yourself and the people you care about and to stay ahead of the curve. And we'll continue to bring you the five eyes that define everything we do at Righteous Media. Independence, integrity, information, inspiration, and impact. And this post-inauguration special dispatch features a conversation with a leader who is a national voice of reason. My friend and mentor, the great Wayne Smith. He's the man that I call the Oracle. He joined us back in episode 63 of Angry Americans in June of last year. And he's back again. So many of you told me you were comforted, moved, inspired, and buoyed by Wayne Smith's powerful message, his soothing voice, and his deep perspective. Wayne Smith is a guy that's so cool, his Twitter handle is really at one soul brother. America always needs leaders, and every movement has created leaders. And after, if they survive, movement leaders graduate to become elders. That's what Wayne is. He's an elder for America. He survived and led us through the civil rights movement. He survived and led us through Vietnam. He survived and led us through the anti-war movement. He survived and led us through decades and decades of America that came afterward. He's a warrior turned peacemaker who helped us survive the last four years. He's an accomplished veterans advocate who's worked with war veterans and other activists for nearly four decades. He grew up in Rhode Island where he was an altar boy. And after serving 18 months in Vietnam as a combat medic, he overcame his wartime trauma before becoming a nationally recognized mental health therapist and advocate for the survivors of war. He's led educational programs about conflict and the consequences of war and raised millions of dollars for memorials like the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund. He's been through, understands, and helps us process conflict. In 1998, Wayne went back to Vietnam with 20 American veterans to promote peace and reconciliation. And together with 20 Vietnamese soldiers, these former enemies rode bicycles 1,200 miles from Hanoi to Ho Chi Minh City to help soothe and heal some of the wounds of that war. He was featured in an Emmy Award-winning documentary about that experience, and he was recently featured in Ken Burns' Vietnam. He also serves with me on the board of directors at Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America. Whenever times are tough, he's someone that I look to for wisdom and insight. And as we all process this historic week, and as tempers still flare in many parts of our country, 
all across America. Wayne joins us to bring perspective, wisdom, history, and maybe most of all, peace through strength and through reflection. He's a true elder and an elder whose wisdom we need at this time now more than ever as we start a new chapter, a time when now more than ever as a nation, we must respect our elders. And now in a time as a nation when we're losing more of our elders than ever before. We're losing them to time and especially to the virus. And we also just elected the oldest president we've ever had. On inauguration, Joe Biden was 78 years and 61 days old. So he's not only our commander-in-chief, he's our elder-in-chief. So it's a time to reflect with our elders, to process, to look back, and to look forward. Many Americans and citizens around the world are happy, elated, and relieved. My father-in-law, another elder in my life, reacted to Trump leaving office this way. He said, I feel like I'm no longer constipated. Wisdom from our elders. Hundreds of millions are relieved this week, but tens of millions are furious, angry, and confused, and not everyone is thrilled this week about the change, and we need to find a path forward together. This week, hundreds of millions are celebrating, but thousands are still dying, and hundreds of thousands, maybe more, are still fighting an election result that's already been decided. So in this delicate, emotional, important moment, I'll bring you a little piece from one of our elders. What do we make of this week? What's our place in history? What's next? How do you reconcile with someone who tried to kill you? It's a time for us to understand America, understand ourselves, and understand what's next. And it's a time to stay vigilant. Most of the American media is looking on the surface and looking back. But again, in this episode of The Dispatches, we're going deeper and we're looking forward. The war is still on and America is still a battlefield. We may have a pause this week, but it's still an evolving battlefield. But we're all in this together and we will make it through. Maybe you didn't believe that before until this week, but we will make it through. If we stay informed, if we stay connected, and if we stay vigilant. This is your update. This is your post-inauguration update. This is The Dispatches. And now, our conversation with the great Wayne Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, angry, happy, inspired, vigilant Americans all around the country and around the world, we have a new president. We have a new vice president. Uh, much has changed. A lot has stayed the same, but it is a new world. And I wanted to bring you a special dispatch to break it down with a guy who I consider the Oracle. He was a guest on episode 63 of Angry Americans. He's a mentor. He's a friend. He's a veteran. He's a thinker and activist. He was part of a crew that won the Nobel Peace Prize. And there's nobody that I'd rather talk to in this moment to help us understand where the hell we are than my dear friend, the great and powerful Wayne Smith. How are you, brother? You talking to me? (laughs) (laughs) I am happy to be talking to you. So uh, what did you think of the last couple of days, man? I can only equate the last couple of days to some of the 
combat I was in in Vietnam. I mean, it was really without the shooting, of course, hmm. but the insanity of Americans, elected officials denying the reality of the American people's will who voted for Joe Biden to have senators and congressmen deny that reality and then to stroke the fires of insurrection and treason, it was a week that will live in infamy mm. and a week that will, I think, last um, into the ages, into history. But the good news is democracy held despite the attempt at a coup, democracy held, despite the storming, the sacking of the Capitol, compromising of security information, the threatening of lives of the vice president and speaker, democracy held. And we witnessed a very moving inauguration yesterday that I must tell you, there were times after the Vietnam War when the Star Spangled Banner played, I didn't stand up for it. I felt our country betrayed us and it dishonored us returning veterans. And I did not honor our nation. Yesterday, in little old Warwick, Rhode Island, as the president was sworn in, I stood for the national anthem. I stood and recited the Pledge of Allegiance, recommitting my vow to defend the Constitution. It was deeply moving. And as I say, you know, we're still in the after stages of combat, so it's hard to be clear, but you and I will be talking about this with Ryder and River, when they are young men, uh, contemplating their own future. Mm. That's how powerful this was. Yeah. Um, it, it, I'm glad you brought that up. I think I always feel a sense of pride, but I think many of us have felt conflicted about the symbols of our country because they've been so hijacked under the Trump administration. But my son uh, is still learning the pledge in school, in public school. And he, he stood next to me yesterday and I taught him how to put his hand over his heart when the colors came through. And we stood in the living room with his grandmother who had just gotten the vaccine. And we were all riveted and moved and proud because I think the inauguration was such a spectacular display of all the best of what our country is all about. I mean, even more than the inauguration ceremony, I loved the tour around the country where you yes. have, you know, Native yes. American dancers, yes. cloggers yes. in North Carolina, skateboarders, like this beautiful tapestry of America was celebrated and kind of woven back together. But you, you've been through so much in your life. You've seen so much. Um, and living as a black man after Vietnam and in activism and working in politics and as the father of a, of, of a young woman growing up in America, um, what, what do you think about the, uh, the, the, the moment that is bigger than these individuals, but, but Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. What are your thoughts on, on the magnitude of that? 
my thoughts are enormous pride. Again, pride in the American people. This is bigger than African Americans. This is bigger than Native Americans or white Americans. This is bigger than Democrats and Republicans. This is the very essence of the grand experiment of democracy. Can we be a nation of law? And when laws are violated, indeed, even by a president or by people who call themselves patriots, who say they, they defend law enforcement and police, even as they're wailing the shit out of them, beating them up and stabbing them. So these contradictions that exist in our nation are not new. And as far as River and Ryder understanding the pledge, they can understand it from no school better than from you, mm. because we've lived it. See, that's the thing that is so surprising in a way, how we saw this insurrection or the seeds of it coming. We saw we were in a war zone, and yet the American people were almost oblivious in massive denial. And the irony is how the same rioters who attacked the Capitol were the ones who were calling the uh, rioters, if you will, in, in, during the summer, the Black Lives Matter movement, they call them unpatriotic. Mm. So we have a blind side. And, and I think this has exposed this, not only the election, as you say, and I agree with you, it's more than the election and the inauguration. It's that even in the face of an insurrection where people were storming that very spot only two weeks ago, we had a peaceful transfer of power. We held the line. We almost lost it. See, that's the thing that's most chilling to me. Yeah. How 74 million Americans voted for that guy? Mm. I mean, despite the lies, the treason. So we have a lot to, of work to do to strengthen our home, to renew the alliances between black and white and rich and poor and, and, and Republican and Democrat. And that's a challenge, I think, for us. And as veterans and as Americans, I think we can do it. How do we do it? Because you're an expert on reconciliation. You've been a part of delegations overseas. You, you know, you, you, you bought, brought people together after war. Um, you know, I mentioned it. You and Bobby Mueller and the crew were awarded the, the Nobel Peace Prize for your work. Um, in Southeast Asia, right after the Vietnam War and creating reconciliation. I mean, you you guys stood across from people who literally killed your friends, right? And and you found reconciliation to move forward. How do we do that now as a country? How does Joe Biden do that? And how does the average American listening now help us move forward through this? I, maybe reconciliation isn't even the right word, but how do we move forward as a people? That's such a beautiful question. And again, you are the perfect kind of person to help advance that. And I am. And it takes all hands on deck. There's no longer any middle ground. There's no longer any ambiguity about the risk that we face with potentially losing our democracy. 
losing our lives to a pandemic that has been ignored and not addressed, losing our homes because of the incompetence of government. And so the reality is we are in a unique moment in history that I don't know has ever been compared. There's a comparable example in American life. However, as our ancestors, after 1865, civil war that took more people out than indeed even the pandemic, Mm. almost a million of us we killed. We were able to begin the work of reconciliation and healing. That work continues. We have inherited it. It's part of our legacy, as is the need for us to produce justice for our Native American brothers and sisters, certainly for black and white, and for all of us. We, as a people, Lincoln said it best, the house divided against itself cannot stand. Mm -hmm. And we saw that. So we have been tested. We've been tested before. And it is our opportunity. And you and I, and again, this is just regular people, Mm -hmm. the kinds of, you know, nodding. I nodded to this guy, straight up redneck. (laughs) You know, I mean, just see you. Now you saw me, I'm sure, the black guy. And I said, how you doing, brother? Good morning. And he nodded, you know, but he nodded. It's that kind of thing. Mm. Whereas last week, I would have stared at him, and I know he would have stared at me. We would have sized each other up. Hostile. So I am of a mind that we, as we've had this conversation, we have to help educate our younger brothers and sisters, our families, and other Americans in terms of civics, that we are the government. So when we attack, whether it's in St. Louis or it's Black Lives Matter or it's the Trumpites storming the hill, that we're attacking ourselves. And it is divided we stand. Forgive me, united we stand, divided we fall. So it's elementary. We got to make it very plain that I would much rather have Americans um, um, help us to clean up our environment, to help us to fix the real problems in our body politic. And let's face it, we need to have a healthy Republican Party because Democrats can do the same thing. They can abuse power. They can consolidate power and and lose sight of these democratic principles. So I think we have a lot of work to do, but I am absolutely persuaded that we can do it because we have. We have, in my lifetime, I didn't think I would see a African-American president straight up would be willing to have bet real money and lost. Then I didn't think we'd see an African-American woman. So we Americans surprise each other. I also didn't think I would see a a person in the White House that was incompetent and and such a divisive figure. But we did. And yet we survived. So for me, it's as you say. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. This is why... 
This is why I call you the Oracle. I mean, there's nobody that, you know, folks who know me know I call you when something good happens. I call you when something bad happens. You have been a life coach for me. That's why me and so many others in the veterans movement have called you the Oracle. So many of us look to you for guidance and you and I are cooking up a project and I hope we can get a podcast by you off the ground soon. So there's a sneak preview to folks that you and I are cooking something up. And I think, I think folks need to hear more of your voice because it's calming and it's grounding and it's thoughtful. And those are the voices that I want to elevate through righteous media, through my network, through everything we do. But you and I also, you know, look below the surface and we talk about culture. We talk about parenting. We talk about music last night. The music, in my view, was spectacular. Democrats, are, re- <laughs> Democrats are really good at putting on TV, right? They're really good. It was like yeah. there had been a cultural tundra for four years. And you had Katy Perry and Garth Brooks and, uh, and, and so many, you know, amazing. I thought Gaga's national anthem rendition was the best wasn't I've it, ever heard. Wasn't it just beautiful? Right. But what did, what did you think? We had the Foo Fighters. We had Springsteen. You worked with Springsteen when he uh, was one of the first guys to step up and help Vietnam vets. But what did you think of the music last night, man? What, do, what are your thoughts on that? Music is what brings us together again as people. It's one of these bridges and and I was deeply touched by the music. And again, different voices, different looks. And, you know, I don't mean to take a gratuitous shot at our former president, but what did he leave us with? YMCA. I mean, that was the... No, I only have an undergraduate degree in psych. But it really speaks volumes about where some people's heads are. So I think, again, the challenge for us is to help the American people, and I mean it it, with every fiber of my being, help the American people to remind them of how great our country already is, and truly how great we are as a people. We have some very real issues, some very sick brothers and sisters from poverty and ignorance and lack of opportunity. And we've got to help them. And I mean that. But we also have to celebrate, as you say so well, Paul. And it's beyond me. I, You know, I'm one of so many, many other people who simply have their point of view. They're committed. They're doing honest, good work. And they have something to say. And when we amplify those voices, I think even some of those hard-hearted um, right-wingers can see the beauty and the love of our nation. So I I really feel very optimistic. And I got to say, keep doing what you're doing. See, it's not about me and others. It's about you and what we can do together. So when we say we're going to work on a project that's going to help our nation, help our neighbors, that's what we want to celebrate at every front. And I'm deeply humbled for the opportunity to do it. I love talking to you. I love being around you. I consider it one of the great honors of my life. We are still always grounded in reality, right? And and this is going to be maybe the hardest winter of our lifetime. Still a hard couple of months together. We can celebrate this moment and it's great to celebrate, but you got to stay vigilant, keep your eye on the ball and get to work. You've been the lowest of lows. You've been, you know, in the battlefields of Vietnam, you've been incarcerated, you've, you've helped other people change their lives. You, you have been 
to the really dark places. And a lot of folks are going to be in really dark places in the next couple of weeks. Is there insight or wisdom that you can share now that they can hold on to in the next couple of weeks or months to, to get through into the spring that's on the other side? I, I, I wish I did. Um, I, I, unfortunately, I don't. All I have is the real simple tools of life. And that is to say that there but for the grace of God go I. I mean, I really could be one of those 400,000 that we honored last night who died many unnecessarily from COVID. Uh, I could have been one of the three Wayne Smiths on the Vietnam Veterans Memorial who were killed in action, who haven't lived their lives as I have been able to do. So, so many of us, again, when we remind ourselves simply of how fortunate we are, then we want to be supportive. We want to reach out to some of our friends that we've not spoken to in a while and just let them know we care. And I know for me, when you say to me, hey, Wayne, I really love you, that just makes my, it melts, really, it does. And when I think of your wife, beautiful Lauren, and your sons, and your mother, I mean, there is that kind of feeling that all of us really want. So it's on us to reach out to one another, to be helpful to one another, and you're right. This, these next couple of months, may well be the most significant, the most challenging in terms of public health in American history, which is chilling just to say it. Mm -hmm. But to say it, to know it, you are doing the preparation, Paul. You are educating us. You're preparing us. So we need your forum. We need to be able to check in with you and to hear from the many people who surround you and yourself included in terms of how we're going to not only get through the long haul, just today. Mm. And you've helped make my day so much better. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to share it. Mm. And that's what, so it's infectious. And it is a matter of, it is our culture as Americans that we all believe, and we're kind of unique. Many people in other countries, they don't think like we do in this one way. Americans think tomorrow can be a better day. Mm. And it's absolutely fascinating where so many of the other parts of the world do not. So with that, we want to stay true to our optimism. We want to be reminded that our ancestors who didn't have access to the, to the tools and expertise and knowledge, but they endured. Mm. And we are their children and their grandchildren and their great grandchildren. And because of you and Lauren, you know, River and Ryder, they're going to grow up optimistic. Mm -hmm. They're going to learn the, the Declaration and the Bill of Rights and, and embrace it. And that's what we have to do with others. So I am like you, standing with you and asking other Americans to stand with us and simply do the right thing by one another. Mm -hmm. And when we do, we really will have the kind of gift to the future generations and they will read about us and they said yeah there was this guy paul reichoff back then you know he was angry but he was out there educating us <laughs> seriously i mean yeah. think about it that's what happens we think about thomas Paine and these other people that history often forgets 
but they made small contributions that lit a fire and gave us hope. And that fire continues. So that's, that's why I wanted you. That's why I wanted you on now, because you yeah. you stoke those good fires. You bring that good light. You make that good trouble. You are an example uh, of, of the optimism and the best, the, 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 the grit and toughness uh, and demand for accountability that meant, represents the best of this country. So I, I thought to myself, who do we need to hear from now? And it's you. It's Wayne Smith. It's the Oracle. I'm so glad you joined me again. I hope you come back soon. Folks, stay tuned for more because we're going to try to bring you more of that feeling you got listening to Wayne Smith tomorrow, today. We're going to bring more of that tomorrow and the days to come. Uh, Stay tuned for more. Follow Wayne on Twitter and I will continue to share his voice. But we are grateful for you. You are the Oracle. Uh, Thank you for all you do and all the love you spread, my friend. I am very humbled to have your friendship and thank you and blessings to your listening audience. Blessings to everybody. The great powerful Wayne Smith, everybody. (laughs) The Oz. (laughs) Bless you, brother. Stay frosty, man. Stay vigilant. Yes. This is a time to celebrate, but again, as always, it's a time to keep breathing, people. So take a big, deep breath. (sighs) Feels good, right? Breathing is good. Thinking is good. Talking is good. Walking is good. Walking while you're talking and thinking and breathing is also good. So when times are rough and when times are good, keep breathing, people. We kept breathing and we made it through. We made it through the primaries. We made it through the election. We made it through the inauguration. We made it through four years of President Mayhem. And we made it through an insurrection attempt and domestic terrorist attack on our capital. But we made it through. And our flag is still there. We finally have a new president, a president who wants to be a uniter, a president I hope can reach beyond partisanship, no matter how hard it will be. I've said it before. I said it long before many. Joe Biden is the guy we need. It was the guy we needed to beat Trump, and it's the guy we need even more now. I say that not as a Democrat or a Republican. I say that as an independent, as a patriotic, concerned, involved, sometimes angry, always vigilant American. In this moment of crisis, we can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And Joe Biden is far from perfect, but he's good. He's a good person who can help us unite, heal, and grow. He also grows by being challenged. So I will continue to challenge him now that he's president more than ever. President of the United States is a job that not only should expect criticism and challenge, but a job that requires it. It makes him better. It makes us better. It makes America better. So no free passes for Joe Biden or for anyone else. And now it's definitely time to get down to business. As an example, 
despite my objections to his choice of a newly retired general to lead the Pentagon and the terrible precedent that it sets, Biden will likely get the Senate to approve a waiver and vote to confirm Lloyd Austin to be our next Secretary of Defense. And once he's confirmed, I'll be rooting for him as much as I am for anyone else. My Giants are long since out of the playoffs. So just like I'm now rooting for the Buffalo Bills, and maybe a little for the Bucks, I'm rooting for the soon-to-be Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. And just like when I root for my teams, and I'm not afraid to say that our QB made a bad throw, we drafted the wrong lineman, or our coach made the wrong call on fourth and short, I'll continue to call out Secretary Austin when it's needed, and I'll support him whenever I can. The same is true for Biden's pick at VA. I think Dennis McDonough is the wrong choice. He's a good, capable leader, but as a guy who's not a veteran himself, he's the wrong guy. He's not even eligible to receive care or benefits from the agency he'll lead. And even more challenging, he's not a veteran, so he will have a very hard time as our most visible national advocate when it comes to issues beyond the VA. Like when, for example, someone has to explain to America why vets join radical groups like the Oath Keepers or the Proud Boys and try to occupy the Capitol and kill the VP and the Speaker. And he'll have a very hard time convincing vets not to join QAnon or even to work at the VA. So I think McDonough is the wrong choice for our time. But despite all that, the Senate will rubber stamp his nomination and he'll be secretary soon. And I'll do all I can to support him. And that includes calling him out at times. I'll sound the alarm and raise the volume on the issues that are off his radar or out of his focus. And we should all do the same. Because leadership and change are not about individuals. Leadership and change are about community and about the mission. So whether it's winning a Super Bowl, running the Pentagon, or leading our nation as commander-in-chief, it's always the case. And that's the message Joe Biden put out this week that I like the most. It's not about him. It's about all of us. And that's the only way we'll get through this winter. The only way we'll defeat the virus. The only way we'll make real racial justice change happen. The only way we'll fight climate change. The only way we'll defeat radical domestic terrorism, QAnon, and whatever new form Trump takes. All of us. It's the only way we defeat the virus and the stupid. Together. Adding light to heat whenever we can moving beyond the anger and turning it into positive impact, continuing to evolve as the conditions on the ground of the battlefield that is America require. I woke up to the morning sky first Baby blue just like we first America must continue to adapt, improvise, and overcome. Just like this podcast will, and everything we're doing at Righteous Media will. So if you joined us way, way back in episode one of Angry Americans with Willie Geist back on April 4th of 2019, or if you joined us in this episode for The Dispatch with Wayne Smith, or you joined us anywhere in between, we're all on this journey together. Righteous has always been about making positive change and uniting a community of Americans around the five eyes, the core principles of Righteous Media that have defined our work so far and will especially define what we do in the critical days ahead. Independence, integrity, information, inspiration, and impact. And now more than ever, America needs a media enterprise and a community that can be more than the status quo. 
America needs a Fox News for independence. America needs an MSNBC for the unaffiliated. America needs a place for the people who want and demand something different. America needs righteous. And righteous needs you. So thank you for being a part of this journey. We appreciate all of it. Your focus, your social media, your purchases, your recommendations, your ideas, your kind notes. You're joining us on Patreon. We appreciate all of it more than you'll ever know. And we appreciate your time. Most of all, your time. Time is precious, especially now. And it's the greatest gift, the greatest investment you can give. And for that, I am forever grateful. And the entire team at Righteous is forever grateful too. So as America turns this page, stick around. We got some good shit coming and big things ahead. Times may get hard, but we will get through it. And we'll have some fun along the way. And we'll do lots of good along the way too. And maybe help you feel just a little bit better along the way. Wherever you are, whoever you are, please continue to increase the peace Bring light wherever you can to contrast the heat. Look out for others and look for the helpers. Always look for the helpers. There will always be helpers, you know, even just on the sidelines. Because if you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. You saw so many helpers all across the country this week. And my thanks to all the helpers that made this episode possible, especially our amazing guest, Wayne Smith. Follow him on Twitter. Watch him in the Ken Burns series, Vietnam. Look for him on our social media and get ready. I'm working with him on his own show. So stay tuned. And thanks to the helpers at Righteous Media, creative Chris Rosenthal, Mighty Mercy Rich, and brilliant Bill Schultz. He's back. Welcome back, man. My massive thanks to my wife and my two boys. We watched the inauguration, all of it this week, and they were alongside me for all of it. And at one point last night, I told my five-year-old son, I said, remember this day and remember what happened. Remember what Trump put us through. Remember, don't let the bad guys win. Good guys must fight to keep bad guys out and to kick them out if they get in and to keep them out after that. You can't let the bad guys win. And remember what it was like when the bad guys were in charge. But one bad guy is no longer in charge thanks to so many of the helpers all across this country. And the vaccine is also coming thanks to so many helpers. So hang in there, people. Always a shout out to all the helpers on the front line of the pandemic. And my thanks to our fearless Patreon members. You can join our community if you look for Angry Americans on Patreon. Chip in if you can and help us keep these dispatches coming. And if you like this episode, go to the Apple Podcast Store and give us a review. Be sure to subscribe for free and share. You can visit us on social media and check out thedispatches.us or angryamericans.us and go back and check out the last three installments of The Dispatches. Check out Dan Lamoth. We talked about what's happening inside the inauguration security apparatus. He talked about the breaking news story he had, and he talks about more that may be coming. And check out Jason Dempsey and Malcolm Nance. And we've got many more like it to come. I'll have a new show for you next Thursday, maybe sooner. Watch out for social media and sign up for our newsletter for alerts. And as we begin this new chapter in America, here at Righteous Media, we'll continue to improvise, adapt, and overcome. It's still okay to be angry, especially now, but it's not enough anymore. And hopefully this week, 
It gave you some really good ways to turn your anger into positive impact and help us all move forward as a nation. Weather baby blues, birds flash and fly again. In great clouds, oh white walls, a blue skies, we gonna fly, feel alright. Black boomers, let them know what it feels to feel alright. Anger's not enough. We need so much more now from each other and from ourselves. But know you're not alone. We're all paying attention. And many of us are celebrating a little bit this week. But we're hunkered down. And we're all in this together. And we need to stay focused. Celebrate this week. And process it. Because together, we saved our country. But we can't stop now. We'll have to do it again. And we have to do it daily. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Thanks for listening. Stay vigilant, America. America.